I had a couple of clients that actually never ended up paying me. And so it was either move into my parents' basement or figure it out. And so I ran out of money and I had sleep for dinner some nights. Welcome to today's episode of The Seed, The Startup Journey. My name is Rick Liu, and this podcast is a series of interviews with startup founders. It is made for you, the curious student, talented innovator, and aspiring entrepreneur. Throughout this podcast, we will explore various startup journeys by discovering the genesis story behind these startups and gather advice in hopes that we can plant the seed of innovation and creativity in the minds of our listeners. With that, I'm very excited to have Elliot Roth with us today. Elliot is the founder and CEO of Spira Inc., which is creating algae-based ingredients that replace animal and petroleum-derived compounds. Besides being a founder, Elliot is also a DIY astrobiologist plus writer. Hey Elliot, uh, to start us off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself as well as your company Spira Inc.? Sure. Um, so my name is Elliot Roth. I am the founder of Spira Inc. And Spira creates replacements for petroleum and animal compounds in the supply chain for food, cosmetics, and textile companies using algae. And on your LinkedIn title, you wrote DIY astrobiologist. So what does that mean? I'm glad you asked. So DIY astrobiologist means that I'm interested in organisms that can uh, really thrive and exist in extreme environments, similar in nature to what you would find in space. And eventually, my goal is to go about using some of my experience and expertise in synthetic biology um, in order to terraform planet. That's awesome. And uh, going back to Spirit Inc., can you walk me through your background story? So like, how did you first come up with your business idea? Initially, I started my business because um, I had graduated university and I was left with very little in terms of job prospects. While I was in school, I built a laboratory um, pretty much out of frustration with academia. I wasn't able to get hands-on laboratory experience. So I started tinkering around in a friend's garage. And when I graduated, there weren't wasn't much in the way of job prospects or opportunities. So I started consulting. I had a couple of clients that actually never ended up paying me. And so it was either move into my parents' basement or figure it out. And so I ran out of money and I had sleep for dinner some nights and wound up in my uh, girl living with my girlfriend at the time. My only cost was food and I wanted to feed myself. So I looked into what is the most nutritionally dense and uh, fastest growing organism on the planet. And that was spirulina. And so I started growing spirulina in aquarium tanks, and that was my main protein intake for a period of two and a half months. And then I supplemented that with whatever food waste I could find. And I wanted to spread the idea of growing algae and uh, basically creating all the food you needed in a tiny amount of space for virtually no money. And so I started selling these kits to friends. I ended up uh, going to a biotech incubator program in Ireland I uh, got some support from the World Food Program and the National Science Foundation. And then finally, some investment from uh, the former founder of Soylent, which brought me out here to California, where I am now. And so Spira has kind of grown and changed over time. We work with a network of farmers to produce our algae. And then that algae is actually used to replace a blue dye uh, in the food supply. And we're working on getting closer and closer to kind of solving that basic need of nutrition. Um, basic need of, of like more environmentally friendly ingredients 
everywhere in the supply chain. Mm -hmm. And so I also looked a little bit on uh, your company and I saw that you're the blue collar and it's called Electric Sky. And in one of your pitches, you said that the color blue happened to be difficult to find in nature. And so I was wondering, uh, did you first uh, notice that problem and then went about you know, finding that solution? Or did you have an idea already and then you, uh, you happened to find a use case for that idea? Um, so it kind of was a much more grandiose problem from the beginning. I mean, I had to figure out a way to feed myself, right? And what I discovered was that fresh spirulina, fresh, fresh algae, um, has virtually no taste. And it's only sometime during the processing that it starts having that like fishy oceanic taste um, and smell that's normally associated with algae and seaweed. And so what I wanted to do was figure out, okay, well, what is the main component of that taste? And taking my background in synthetic biology, I looked into the genetics and I realized a big component of the bad taste and flavor was due to the pigment found in the algae. And so if you take out the color itself, what ends up happening is you're left with something that smells and tastes a whole lot better and can be used as an ingredient, um, specifically a protein ingredient for plant-based milk and meat. And so the, the blue color, we extract that out of the algae. And then that's a really great replacement for uh, something that not many people know is most of the colors we use nowadays are petroleum-based. And so as a means of shifting away from especially eating petroleum as a food uh, ingredient, um, we're trying to get a, every single blue color onto something a lot more sustainable. Uh, because blue is one of the more rare colors. I mean, you get red from beets, orange from carrots, yellow from turmeric, but there isn't much out there that is naturally blue except for algae. That's really cool. And what would you say was the most challenging moment for you so far in running your own business? I think there comes a time in everybody's journey that uh, you are faced with two options, right? You're out of money, um, you've worked months and months and months on something and it just fell through and you have a choice. You could either give up or keep on going. And I think at the point when most people give up is when you should actually, actually double down and keep on going. And I remember thinking to myself, I, I gave myself initially two years to start Spira and I was at that two year mark and questioning whether or not I should keep going and nothing was going right, and I was out of money, and it was a struggle. And it was at that point that I really dug in, and I said, no, you know, I am working on something that's incredibly valuable, that has the potential of solving real global problems with unsustainable supply chains, and it's really worthwhile to, to follow through. Um, I think if I wasn't as committed to solving the problem, that wouldn't be the case. And so one of the best lessons that I learned is first solve a problem for yourself, dig in and keep on going uh, because that perseverance will yield dividends and, and lead you to success. Mm -hmm. And so I also saw on your LinkedIn that at least in your bio, you wrote that you have six failed startups. So I was wondering what keeps you motivated uh, despite all the failures that you encounter? I had a mentor tell me once that there are two reasons why companies fail. Either one, they run out of money or two, you end up giving up. And so those previous six companies, what I realized is that I wasn't the best person for the job. And I think there, there is this dichotomy, either you are the very best person for the job or you have such a desire to become that person that you evolve into that person over time. 
And so for those previous six companies, they ranged from a social app that was supposed to connect people at bars. Um, and I made that when I was 17. Obviously, I was not the right person for the job. I had my fake ID confiscated when I tried to test it out in a bar in like Palo Alto. Um, I created a mushroom materials company and we just realized that it wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right place. It really wasn't the right uh, kind of opportunity at the moment. Um, I ended up developing uh, a a pediatric um, urological tourniquet, a mobile wheelchair cushion um, that was dynamic. And a number of these companies, they all ended up failing either through a combination of team timing or traction. And so um, at the core of that, though, you really have to have that foundation of commitment. So my life's purpose, my thesis of work revolves around solving people's basic needs. And if I'm not going about doing that in some kind of way, if I'm not striving to get to that overarching goal, the final destination, final frontier of you know developing the tools that eventually enable me to change another planet to make it habitable, aka terraforming it, being that synthetic astrobiologist, then um, I'm not really adhering to who I am and it feels false in pursuing, pursuing those things. So I would say the thing that I learned from the six previous failed companies and any company that I end up helping, first and foremost, you have to have that passion, that purpose and the commitment. Otherwise, you're not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And do you have a role model? And if so, what have you learned from them that you apply to your business? Yeah, yeah, I have tons of role models. So I always recommend that if you're starting a company to gather around uh, mentors, role models that uh, showcase the kind of steps that you need to take in order to truly be successful and um, kind of expand your mind in ways that you, and, and opportunities and network and whatnot. Um, I don't know off the top of my head that I have any one specific role model. I do have to say that I'm inspired by many uh, great scientists in history. Um, I think that there, there's something to be said about pursuing an idea against all odds and truly diving deep on the details associated with that idea. I think in terms of, of leadership as well, a consistent and steady leadership um, is really important to be had, especially in today's day and age when things are constantly shifting around you. And so a combination of great scientists and leadership is really what enables me today. And I would say it's a spectrum of of a whole bunch of different role models as opposed to one singular person. And do you have any advice for someone like me who's still a student but is interested in entrepreneurship and wants to potentially start a company in the future? Um, I mean, I could get really like canned and say just start um, because that's generally how you end up learning fastest is by starting something that you're interested in, picking a really good problem that you're passionate about. But in essence, um, that'd probably be advice that you heard before. More so, I would say as a student, um, suck the marrow out of where you're at, leverage all the freebies and opportunities that you get as a student, because the minute that you're not a student, you lose access to a lot of those things. So like there are student-only business plan competitions. So feel free to apply to as many of those as possible. Get as much uh, money and experience under your belt as a student, and definitely don't give a shit about grades. It's, it's really not worth it. 
Um, instead, if you are dedicated to starting your own thing and your own business, it's more important to focus on a portfolio of experience and reach out to the people that you want to work with now and work for them. I got offered my dream job immediately after school because I was so interested in 3D printing in space that I designed and developed a project that I was passionate about and then sent it along to the chief engineer of that company. He reached out to me and offered me a job. And I turned that down to actually start Spira. And so what I would say is uh, really pursue your passion, start building those projects now, don't wait, and um, reach out to the people that you see as role models, as heroes, interview them like this, and potentially start working and doing things for them. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And do you have any book or podcast recommendations? Um, so the book I'm reading currently, I'm reading a couple of different books. So Principles by Ray Dalio. I'm reading Bird by Bird, which is a book of, about writing. Um, I'm reading Endurance, uh, which is all about the journey of Ernest Shackleton. Um, and then lastly, the, the kind of like management philosophy and principles, is getting things done. And that's another book that I'm reading right now. Uh, the books that I found really pivotal in my life and leadership are Man's Search for Meeting by Viktor Frankl and um, Tribal Leadership, another one that I really found pivotal. So definite recommendation. Oh, to add on to the book recommendations, I'm an avid science fiction reader. I would say Kurt Vonnegut uh, is my favorite author. And I was also wondering, you know, under coronavirus, you know, how have you and Spira Inc. been affected by it? Um, in terms of how uh, my company and myself have fared during coronavirus, I've actually found this time exceptionally valuable. So as a company, because Spira works to replace these more harmful ingredients in our food supply primarily, and then we're starting to move into cosmetics and textiles, because cosmetics and textiles are considered like non-essential businesses, um, what's happened is sales have slowed down in those realms, but sales have picked up immensely in food. And so the team itself actually has grown during this time. We brought on board six new sales ambassadors that expand our operations into a variety of new markets. We've reached out to and connected with over 175 new contacts and then secured enough revenue that I think we're, we're about to break even, fingers crossed. So um, all of that has kind of shown the resiliency of what we do. Our algae production partners that are in developing countries, we've been working with them more and more on securing that supply chain. And so I've uh, shown the resiliency of the supply chain, the resiliency of the team, and um, kind of how there's a growing demand for natural colors and more uh, healthy food products in general. So um, business is booming. Uh, personally, I've kind of found time to delve into a lot of personal projects, ranging from uh, production of my own alcohol to a fiddling around with a 3D printer and drone um, and just kind of getting outside and exploring the wilderness a little bit more. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And before we end, I've also prepared eight rapid fire questions. So just try to answer them as fast as possible. Uh, so the first one, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Uh, Precognition. I would see into the future. And what time do you usually wake up every day? I wake up around six o'clock, um, especially now during the pandemic, it's easier to do that. Mm -hmm. Coffee or tea? Coffee, definitely black. And if you could have dinner with anyone, who would it be? Um, right now, I 
probably Anthony Fauci. I think that would be really interesting. And what would you do with a million dollars? Reinvest in my business. And if you are to start another company, what industry would it be in? So during the pandemic, I actually did start another company. It's a coronavirus diagnostics company. Um, and we build mobile laboratories and shipping containers to kind of test people on site for coronavirus. Um, so yeah, that would be the company that it would start to directly confront the pandemic and bring an end to it faster. Wow. And if you could choose any place to be the headquarter for your company, what would you choose? Um, right here where we are. So we're located in San Pedro, California. It's the perfect mix of uh, access to Los Angeles, where we have tons of talent coming from the uh, different universities around the area. We bring in all of our samples into the port of LA, so it's much more cost effective to be here. And it's sunny and beautiful and kind of leaves me open to a lot of my other passions, which include writing in the space industry. Mm -hmm. And if, last one, what's the best advice you've ever received? Hmm, it's a hard one. So it's, it's actually, this, this stuck with me a little bit and it's something that I think is um, really pertinent, especially in the journey of an entrepreneur. And it's on the gravestone of Charles Bukowski. And it's in, it's probably about 15 minute drive from my house right now. So Charles Bukowski was a very famous poet who lived around the town that I'm in right now, San Pedro. And he, on his gravestone, has the epitaph, don't try. And many people kind of take offense to that. But in essence, the meaning behind that is that if you either are something or you are not, and you either fully commit to something or if you're just half-assing something, you're not going to be successful in that thing. And he talks about really diving deep into the being of whatever you're striving to do. Like be the person, be the, the person that succeeds at the venture that you're going after, be the person that is uh, a writer or a dancer or whatever. It doesn't matter what other people think. If you are that person, then you are that person. They can't take that away from you. So don't even try. Just be. That's awesome. Well, that's it uh, for today's interview. Thank you, Elliot, for taking the time to do this. And I wish you and Spirit Inc. the best of luck and stay safe. Thank you so much, Trick. From Elliot, I learned three things. He said, first, solve a problem for yourself. Dig in and keep on going because that perseverance will yield dividends and lead you to success. The second thing is what a mentor used to tell Elliot. There are two reasons why companies fail. Either one, they run out of money, or two, you end up giving up. The final thing I would like to highlight is the book recommendation. These books range from books about life such as Men's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl and Endurance by Alfred Lansing, to business management books including Tribal Leadership, getting things done, and principles, to even a book about writing called Bird by Bird. I have personally read some of these books and will definitely pick up some from his recommendations. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you found this podcast meaningful, please share this with your friends and anyone who you think has a creative and entrepreneurial mind. This podcast is also available on YouTube, so be sure to check us out there if you want to see our faces. And before you go, 
Make sure you follow us on Instagram at seed underscore startup underscore journey to stay updated for the next episode, which will feature a serial entrepreneur who founded one of the internet's first e-commerce sites, established an online fan club with rock legend David Bowie, and is now working on non-alcoholic craft beer and CBD-infused beverages. Coming up next.